Hey guys, Joe here from the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. We were originally scheduled to have Hayden from the Dive In Movie Cast on tonight's pod to discuss the Oscars that are coming up this Sunday. Unfortunately, there were a lot of technical difficulties, as you'll hear some of during this podcast. Uh, instead of kind of riding that out and not getting the full experience with Hayden, we are going to reschedule the Oscars portion of the podcast for later this week. So keep an eye on our socials where we'll be able to uh, share with you when we'll be chatting. We're very excited to chat with Hayden. We did cover some minor news tonight, as well as some thoughts on some films that we've watched and some series. So please tune in for that. Otherwise, to get the full experience, keep an eye out for the next episode of the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean, dropping later this week. Tonight on the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean, Hayden from the Dive In Moviecast is with us for our annual Oscars powwow. Get ready for all of the fun right after this. Change the game just now. I have a rave. These are the best ideas I've ever heard. I'm saying that that's that's the commentary that will exist. A Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Defiled Mickey Mouse. Venom, 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 venom. Oh my God! Welcome to the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. I am Joe. He is Sean. And we are joined for the first time by Hayden of the Dive In Movie Cast. Hayden, how's it going? It's going great. I'm, uh, I'm happy to finally be here on the show. I, I'm like listening to every episode on my way to work. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's nice to actually get on here and talk to you guys. And uh, for the Oscars of all things. Yes. <laughs> hey, big week ahead of us. Uh, Sean has been anxious about it for three months now. Um, but this is his this is his time to shine, right, Sean? This is my moment of peace now. I have been anxious about this for a while. I have submitted the picks. <laughs> they are done. Um, already some of them are definitely gonna be wrong. Thanks, ASC. Um I, like, this is gonna be like it's already done, but there I, I I'm at my moment of peace. This is it, my moment of zen. When yeah, you, you sent the oh, go ahead, Aiden. <laughs> you had your predictions finalized, and then Coda won last night, and it was like, damn it. Okay, all over again. Here we go. Yeah, Sean sent over his uh, awards watch column last night at like, I don't know, Sean, like six or seven. And I was like, ooh, that's a little early. (laughs) I just needed it done. And like, you know, just like, it's just like, I don't want to look at anything else. I don't want to look at any stuff. Just no, it's happening. That's it. Yeah. It's like accepting the grade on your homework and just putting it down. It's like, all right, we're done. We're good. Whatever it is, it's fine. So, guys, we have a lot to cover. Obviously, we're going to go through most of the Oscars categories, and we do want to touch on a little bit of news, but we also want to touch on what we've been watching. So I'm going to kick this off uh, and bring up, first of all, Halo. I usually don't talk about series, but uh, I had the opportunity to watch the first episode. I haven't gotten to the second one yet that they released uh, as part of the the um, screeners. Um, I So I'm a Halo player. I love Xbox. Halo is like my jam. I still, to this day, will play it. Um, my rotation is like Fortnite, NHL, and Halo. Uh, I just like being like beat up by you know thirteen year olds who are much better at video games than me. <laughs> so I I play them often. Um, the the Halo series I loved the first episode. I know people are giving it some shit and saying that it was derivative of other sci fi projects and it's different than the series or from the the video games. But that's kind of what they told us. I mean, all the interviews recently said like. We looked at the concept of Halo, we looked at the stories and everything, and we specifically did not follow the games. Like, they're telling sort of its own story that I think will ultimately tie into what we see in the games and stuff, but 
without getting into a lot of it um, because we were asked not to, uh, the action's great. The The sound effects are really spectacular. If you have played the game and you know the sounds, they nailed every one of the sounds from like the helmet powering up or the suit, I should say, um, to like the noises that the weapons make. And um, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I said in my tweet that it's uh, action-packed and it's a sci-fi political drama. Um, that really, you know, in the first episode is just trying to like set the foundation. Um, and now we'll see where it goes, but I'm, I'm totally in on it. I was very nervous about it, but had a great time watching that. And as soon as we're done here, I'm going to watch the second episode because I'm pumped about it. But Hayden, are you a Halo fan or are you of any interest in this series? Uh, I am a Halo fan. I haven't played any of the recent games. I kind of fell off with it. I'm more of a PlayStation uh, user myself. But I used to have an Xbox, so I played it when I was younger. I played uh, Halo Reach and Halo 3, and yeah. I like those ones a lot. And so I have a lot of fond memories of those ones. Um, to the people who are, are, are complaining about this new version of the show uh, being different than the games, it's like, what do you want from it? Do you want it to just recreate it? Because I get with the Uncharted thing that people were upset about how different it was. But with something like Halo, I would I would hope it's different. You know, the games are, are such a specific thing. I hope that they just use that lore to tell the wrong story. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And I'm going to, uh, as a little pre preview of my rant later, I'm going to be talking about exactly that point. Uh, but Sean, you are uh, not a video gamer. Um, and outside of the trailer, I don't think you're familiar with Halo at all. But um, yeah, you seemed like you were interested in checking it out. It looked cool. Um, I mean, with, with my issues, I don't want to. I don't want to knock this. I mean, I'm not a video game guy at all. Um, I mean, at this point, the only thing that right now is enticing me to get a Paramount Plus subscription is the Mayor of Kingstown and 1883, <laughs> starring King of Tolerance Sam Elliott. And I'm like, at the, I don't really know if I really want to like. I don't know if like that's gonna be like you know my main draw um, to uh, do yeah. it. Like, like so that's my main issue is I have right now 45 different streamers. Um, I pay 70 billion dollars uh, in fees. <laughs> For streamers, so I need to I need to start cutting down instead of adding to it. Um, but uh, if I can convince Sam that it's like, hey, Paramount Plus, and uh, I don't think Halo is going to be the main convincer on that one. You don't, you don't think iCarly season two is the seller? It could, it could, like <laughs> there could be, like you know, I don't think so. Maybe it's funny yeah, Paramount Plus. I, I don't even think we have that here i'm not i'm not positive but i, I haven't heard much about it so I, I don't have that one either it might be like cbs all access or something <laughs> those right? are like so connected yeah i don't know what's going on there's an incestuous relationship with that one without a doubt yeah it's a little crazy um I will say I it has the feel of sort of the Star Wars series in a way. I don't know that it's quite the quality of that. I, I can't judge that off of one episode. Um, but I'm excited to see where it goes because it, it feels like it has that uh, the opportunity to become like a Mandalorian-esque type story focused on Pablo Shriver's uh, lead character, Master Chief. So I'm excited. Excuse me. My gosh. Um, I'm excited for it and we'll see where it goes. Uh, let's jump into something we all watched. Um, for <laughs> Should we jump words. into the deep water? Let's jump into the deep water of deep water. <laughs> Time to go um, swimming. Yeah, oh, this is this is an adventure. Um, I, I I wanted to like this movie 
there's a story there that I could have liked. Um, but it is incredibly boring in the first hour. Uh, I don't understand how they have that many ex- extravagant parties. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. who's watching these damn kids? Uh, <laughs> but then it kind of just like goes off the cha- off the off the wall, I should say, and ends with like just a really silly bike slash car chase scene. Sean, you're you gave this an F. Well, I, I mean, I gave it an F, but I'm already looking at next year's Oscars um, and uh, Tracy Letts trying to text while drive. Um, will be my best supporting actor um, as the amount of times he said his line reading of I got you, you fucker. And then fucking autocorrect is like true, true brilliance. And like, uh, you know, this guy is a pro- profound stage, <laughs> stage actor. And he's just like, he looked at this script and he's like, well, Carrie Coon, you know, buying a house that's the size of the Gilded Age. So I have to really like, you know, make sure like to appease her tastes. But in, I, I looked at this and everyone said this. Everyone said this at the end, or excuse me, not everyone. A few people I talked to, uh, like my friend said, like, yeah, that twist was kind of ridiculous, though. I saw it coming. I didn't know there was a twist. And that yeah. is how much I saw it coming, is I just saw like this straight line to an ending where I was just like, oh, no, there's no twist. This is just what this was. It was teleplayed from the beginning. And I mean, so there's no way this can be spoiled or I, it just like fascinates me. It's like, oh no, she was in on it too, or something like that. And I'm like, well, I guess that's there. I guess that's not there. I, I, I didn't know what anyone was communicating, what any character was communicating. And that was where this like sort of failed. It's like, you got to give me some communication, much like that couple apparently didn't have a communication on if it was okay to bone Nate Jacobs from Euphoria or not. I don't know. Hayden, your thoughts on this uh, wonderful entry to the 2022 film <laughs> series? I think it, it shoots pretty quickly to the bottom of my year ranking so far, uh, which is a bummer because I like Ben Affleck a lot. I'm a huge fan of uh, his work. One of the Armas is, is great in most things. So I was I was rooting for this, and I was really hoping that it would be good, but it's kind of just a mess. It's trying so hard to be multiple things at once while failing at being everything. It, it's completely incapable of, uh, of keeping up with the movie it's trying to set itself up to be. And in regards to what you said, Sean, about people being shocked by the twist, I, I felt the same way. I think, I think the movie kind of revealed that this is where this was headed in the first five minutes. Uh, so I just, I, I felt no, no thrill from the thriller, which is the worst thing a thriller can do is completely bore you. And that's kind of how I felt with this one. The log line was, this is meant to be the resurgence of the erotic thriller, and it wasn't erotic, and wasn't a thriller. <laughs> when, I, when I texted you, oh my god, your response was, erotic thriller, baby! <laughs> I was like, nope. They, they should one of their boobs once, like, yes, you see, it's, it's so erotic, you know? I don't think that I ever was like, yeah, this is doing it for me, you know? I'm just constantly like, alright, skip <laughs> yeah, it is. It is special, and you have Ben Affleck the entire movie dead behind the eyes, um, and his I, boobs I th- a lot of the time. Like, and his boobs a lot of the time. I wonder when I, I meant to look at this. I wonder when this was filmed because part of me feels like I know it was sitting on the shelf for a while, and I wonder if it was back like towards the time where Ben Affleck was really going through it personally, mm-hmm. um, because it just really seemed like he was not there in this uh, performance at all. Um, I don't know. Well, was, he was going for something like his character was supposed to be this performance, but right. in that you have to still communicate with the audience. 
Um, so like, like in some way, like he wanted to do a dead behind the eye. He was going for what, what we got. Like he was like, congrats, Ben. But like, still that makes an uninteresting blob like the, or a sale, um, that just doesn't work. Well, he was like dead behind the eyes for a character that was dead behind the eyes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he like inception of dead behind the eyes where he didn't bring anything to it. In my opinion, like it was just so unbelievable. I felt he was just doing a more boring version of the Gone Girl thing, where he just yeah. kind of recycled that performance and it stripped it of anything that made it interesting or entertaining to watch and just kind of just floated his way through the movie with no emotion. And I don't think Anna de Armas was particularly bad, but I definitely didn't feel that, that charm from her that she usually has on screen. And, and maybe that's because her like, uh, the character's likability is very low. Yes. Uh, but I, just, I don't know. I just don't think much of this movie did it for me you know i just was let down yeah i totally agree with that hayden i just sent you a message you're cutting in and out a little bit so i'm wondering if maybe you can just reboot your um not the computer but the uh browser and come back in uh and we will we will be here ready for you uh but we're gonna keep chatting about deep water a little bit more um okay yeah the the anna de armis thing it's a really good point because i was wondering like was this a good performance or was it not and like she had two things to do one like play a philandering party yeah. animal and two, you're a bad mother. <laughs> like... <Yeah. laughs> it, it was just, it was just unlikability. Like Hayden was saying, it was just this like, you know, just like, Oh yeah. And um, I think she plays it well. She plays the unlikable card. Well, it's just that there's nothing likable about this. So I just yeah. can't even like come close to enjoying myself. And so, well, you know, I mean, then right off the bat, like I, I just think about her in No Time to Die. Granted, she's in like three minutes of it, but it's kind of <laughs> yeah. wonderful where it's like, oh, she's amazing within those two seconds. So, you know, you can win her over or lose you in those different ways. But that's, you know, the unfortunate aspects of that. Yeah, it all, all around was just, excuse me, a little bit of a mess there. Um, Sean, why don't you talk about Master? Yeah, this was a weird one. I am gonna really look forward to your take on this. This is uh re- this was released on Amazon. It was released at Sundance. Um, it stars uh Regina Hall as the one uh celebrity here. Did you get a chance to see this at Sundance? I did I did see this at Sundance. Okay, yeah. There okay, maybe we'll talk about this later because I don't want to spoil things on the weirdest twist I'll ever see in my entire lifetime. Um, <laughs> but that's like almost where I want to say that this twist is just beyond strange and in my opinion, problematic. I don't know if my opinion can go there or not, but it just felt very off and wrong and kind of takes the rug out from what the rest of this is. Regina Hall plays the first black master uh, or a black house master of a uh, of a college. And the structure of this is kind of cool where she's kind of facing like the horrors of racism and, you know, deeper horrors because it's a social horror. And then there's a young student facing them within a dorm. And there's an interesting like back and forth there with those two and seeing how those two work. And I liked that part. And then it decided to go for the messaging, which just felt flawed. It just fell flawed for me. Yeah, it was such a shame. It had a cool idea going really good. But yeah, I just had to remind myself of my review of it. Um, I gave this a two out of five. And Mm. one of my -hmm. issues with it was like, I thought that, I thought Regina Hall was good. I thought Zoe Renee was good, but mm-hmm. the script wasn't doing them any favors. It was a very hefty script or lofty script in terms of what it wanted to do, but it was shallow in its execution and never quite got to the messaging that I think they were trying to get to, get to 
whether, you know, with the obvious biases and the microaggressions and all of that. And then the, the twist, so to speak, um, without getting into all that, like just didn't seem realized to me Mm -hmm. um, and was a little bit half-assed. And I, yeah, I, I remember I was very excited for it and I was like, Oh, higher education, racial issues, Regina Hall, let's go like all about this. Um, and then when it finished, I was just like, okay, I don't know about this one. It was unbelievable when uh, this, I like, I just heard this was coming out this uh, weekend and it was on pop culture happy hour. And uh, there were uh, two uh, black woman film critics that came on and just eviscerated this without me knowing much about it. Just, <laughs> I mean, eviscerated it. I was like, well, you know, that's the good company. I want to highlight the director, um, uh, Mariama Diallo. I think that like that, like, she did a great job directing. Um, I agree her writing was not great, but uh, she had some like really solid direction with the thriller. It was a little bit, she just kind of like didn't care about the fact that the window panes were red. She went like full blown artsy, yeah. which I was like, you know what? Cool. You do you like, just make it weird. <laughs> like, I, love I said that. that she, she gave herself too much to juggle here. Like, Oh yeah. She like went for it in all those areas. But again, mm. like it was such a lofty ask oh. there. Yeah, just in the thriller, like the atmosphere of the thriller standpoint, I liked the direction. Yeah, the writing yeah. was just a good old-fashioned no-no. <laughs> yeah, so one of the other things with Master that I do want to bring up is, you know, we're in this time where a lot of films and filmmakers are seeking to tackle racial biases and racial issues in new and creative ways and really evoke, you know, uh, reactions to the topic through brand new storytelling and different storytelling. And that doesn't always work. And I think mm -hmm. that this is an example of that where it could have probably worked had it not again, bitten off so much and had it been yeah. fully developed. Um, but it was, it, yeah, it's unfortunate there, especially with Regina Hall. I'm just very excited that this does exist still. Um, not that because I want a bad movie like this to exist or anything, but I really want like, you know, a lot of these to exist where we're putting like this kind of racism in art. I mean, the final scene, which like, you know, is like sort of the older people, like, you know, getting up and around like white older people. And then you see the pictures and everything. That was this very like beautiful, like haunting. Scene. Yeah. That was worth it. I was like, I want more of that in this movie. Like, <laughs> that was a cool thing. And instead we got something a little bit weirder and it was just like, okay, you know, I, yeah. I get it. it it's, it, it's fine, but it's just like, well, I think uh, I wrote my review. I'm going to probably put it out uh, tomorrow. But one of the things is like, I like that there's going to be more of this social horror and, you know, social yeah, horror is the, now the quotes and stuff that we're doing. Like Peel brought this in, even though technically it was twilight zone before this, but I love the idea that this is starting to come in there. You know, dope is coming out soon, but there's been a lot of them. There was this one, I believe it was called bad hair, which I thought was mm -hmm. like not good. And um, like, I, I want there to be like this uh, differentiation between them. Uh, there was, the, I believe it was on Amazon. There was them, which I also had a lot of issues with. Um, and so to, to examine each one of these does like have this like fascinating, like, you know, ability to it. And I just want to keep on doing that even when it like challenges you in some way. So um, in terms of an intelligent movie, let me <clears throat> pivot here to one that I forgot to bring up earlier. Um, Cheaper by the dozen has had its third remake <laughs> and it hit Disney plus last Friday. Um, <clears throat> I was not looking forward to this. I've said this multiple times. Something happened to me while I was watching this <laughs> where I actually really enjoyed myself. Um, you know, I, it's funny because I think that it, it, it's tough with certain films when you recognize the target audience they're going for. 
Um, and a lot of times I think we look for, you know, if you're going to discuss race, discuss, discuss it in depth and really like tell us something new and, you know, all of that. Um, similar to the conversation we were just having, like make sure that you're able to flesh it out. Um, Cheaper by the Dozen definitely doesn't flesh it out, but it discusses topics that I think are going to be accessible for young individuals, probably on Disney Plus, probably watching with families, um, you know, watch, watching Cheaper by the Dozen. And I think it's it definitely has that, or it has that name recognition, especially from the 2003 Steve Martin film. Um, but it's also a film from back in the 50s. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's just a lot going on there. It is a very simple film in a lot of ways. The children in it are absolutely hilarious. Like, I laughed out loud multiple times. Very dumb joke. Like, one of them says, um, this isn't a halfway house. And the other kid goes, yeah, it's a full house or something like that. <laughs> oh, or it's geez. a whole house. And I, it was just so quick and quippy that I lost it and thought it was hilarious. Zach Braff is goofy as hell um gabrielle union is delightful as hell and it just worked for me i was i was actually very impressed with it and i you know in terms of a disney plus family accessible show i think they did a really good job with it um it's not going to live up to the steve martin one it's not that type of movie that we all are used to uh, or that we grew up with but it, it definitely i think accomplishes what it set out to accomplish could it have gone deeper could it have done more yeah of course but it ends with this you know, this look at a blended family that is focused on the fact that like family's all you got in this case and they have to stand up for one another. And uh, it, it, it really, I don't know, it hit the right, the right tones probably that evening that I was watching it. <laughs> I could see you loving this movie. That's, that wouldn't be terribly a surprise for you. Just like it would, it would just, <laughs> if it hits that heart the right way, I know Joe's loving it. Look, is it a great movie? Absolutely not. It's not a fantastic movie. Is it Home Sweet Home Alone? Absolutely not. Like there's actually <laughs> intent and heart and love in this. Um, whereas we weren't getting that in, you know, in Home Sweet Home Alone. So this is a, I mean, was this a necessary movie? I go back to this all the time. Was it a necessary movie? Maybe not. Um, probably not. But I think that it's not bad. I think it works. Um all right, so we are hanging on for Hayden. So um, I'll, should I start talking about Windfall, and then he'll hopefully be on to finish this up? Yeah, um, hit Windfall. All right, so Windfall uh, was the Netflix movie that like Jesse Plemons was in, and Jason Segel and Lily Collins, which just got released this weekend. Like, uh, <laughs> my bro was going through, and I was like, "Are you friggin' kidding me? What is this?" <laughs> um, you could argue that it was dumped just because like it just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I think it's a better movie than a movie that gets dumped. Um, it's a strange movie, no doubt. And it's strange in its execution. It's basically Jason Segel takes a uh, hostage of a billionaire couple. And um, like that, you know, it just sort of hijinks ensue from there. But from the like strange score and the very odd filmmaking that is, it, it seems like it wants to be this classical film. Uh, from a fairly modern lens, it gets a little bit preachy about the million, the working class versus the millionaires, but never brings anything home. Then the <laughs> final scene is just like, you can't even call it a twist, but the final scene is just, oh, <laughs> like, okay, this is what just happened at the very end of this. And so I'm sort of left with my mouth agape, but uh, so that was my experience with Windfall. Third act problem, Sean? 
I, I mean, like, we can't even call it the third act. It's like the, uh, like, what, the two and five-sevenths act. Like, what is your rating for it? Ooh, that's the tough part. Um, yeah, for my score, I haven't done my score for that one. I haven't written my review. I only uh, do the scores after the review. Um, I'd say it would have to be a C or a B, um, most likely. Or a B, interesting. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't think it's a it's obviously not an F because there's some cool stuff in there. Uh, I don't think it's low enough to be a D. So it's either a B, a C, or a D. Uh, maybe an F. Prob- there's a possibility it could be an A. Um, you know, one of those five. <laughs> yeah, one of the five rankings I usually use. Uh, always sucks when there's technical issues like that. And like I like want to hear what he has to say about all this stuff and... I was hoping it's it would a, get better. I, I, it was what probably the worst part is I could hear what he had to say, but it was just choppy enough that like it's just so difficult to process it. And so he was saying good stuff. So we'll definitely have him on again. Well, no, we will be having him on again, like sometime yeah, later we'll this week. Again. Yeah, we shall figure that out. All right, let's move on a little bit. Um, I, I I'll mention X real quick because uh, that was the yeah. other one I had on the list, but I won't dive too much into it. And so Hayden and I can talk about it. X is a really good movie. The end of it. Um, it's it's a new horror movie. It is Ty West kind of taking what's worked, uh, like reminiscent of Friday the Thirteenth and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and kind of bringing a new twist to it, new story. Um, it it's very boring at parts. I struggled with that. I've talked to a lot of people when I saw it with some of the other critics. They didn't feel the same way, so I think I was a little bit, you know, on the outskirts there. I was kind of bored with it until it really got going, and then I it, I was in. Um, so it's a lot of fun. It is one that I do want to see again because there's a lot going on and it tries to say a lot. Um, but it, it, I really could see this kind of taking off into a new franchise. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun. I'm surprised you didn't see it yet. It's the dude. uh, Trust me. I'm so stressed and so pissed off. I had so much (laughs) going on this weekend and there were so many movies I wanted to see that like, I have like this like insane list right now, like outfit X, I mean, like, thankfully, I got all the Netflix ones because I was able to squeeze them in around it. Like, but uh, I think Outfit and X are the big ones. So I think X just jumped to the top of my list. Wait, what would you think? Yeah, I would put the outfit first for you. Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. Damn. Okay, absolutely. cool. So I'll do Outfit because everyone's talking about X, but I'll put Outfit first. Um, I mean, I'm, it also depends on timing and like you know, yeah. um. I obviously, as you can see here, I need a haircut desperately. So tomorrow's <laughs> haircut day. And so whatever, whatever timing goes well. So if X goes well, that wins. But, uh, you know, so a movie is being watched tomorrow. I don't care what the hell it is. It's one of those two, though. <laughs> I just heard Sam in the back go, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> the uh, the outfit is a strong contender for one of the best movies of the year so far. Oh, um, <laughs> so I really think you need to watch it. Um, okay, good. And it's such a crazy movie because I mentioned this last week, but I had no, no idea what the outfit was when I first like was offered yeah. the screening of it. It stayed like, way the below the radar. Yeah, it yeah. stayed way below the radar. Yeah. All right. So we're not going to dive into too much more. I have some quick hit news. Just give me your reactions to these, Sean. Yeah, right? I'm going to hear them out. I, these were these were I only saw them for a moment. OK, here's the first one. The Godzilla versus Kong sequel starting the film this year in Australia. Let's pick a title. Godzilla. Godzilla versus Kong. Loves uh, Kong. <laughs> uh, rate, review, subscribe. Tyree's pe- God- podcast. Godzilla and Kong versus... <laughs> Godzilla and Kong smash the subscribe button. <laughs> Dude! <laughs> and Brian Tyree Henry's the main character. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're done. That's it. If it's not um, that, we're, we, we riot. 
Scream 6 has been scheduled for March of 2023. Movie shouldn't exist. Fifth one was uh, perfect caps on cap on everything. <laughs> you have to. I don't know if you follow <laughs> Ghostface or the Scream account on uh, TikTok, but it's really entertaining. He's Man, like, that. his most recent video was like, um, I've scheduled a date to be back with you next year or something like that. It's so funny. I'm going to pull it up real quick. But why do you think that the Scream 5 was a perfect like cap on it? I mean, to be completely surf like to be completely surface level, um, the en- the ending shot of Scream One and the ending shot of Scream Five are the same. Um, the monologue from the reporter is like not the same, but very close to the same. Um, I think the older characters are like filling their void of their narrative and helping the younger characters fill their void of their narrative. If they write something clever for six that like you know can open it up again then that sounds okay to me. I like, yeah, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to boycott this movie. Like if they can do it properly, I'm game. I just, I really, re- it's kind of like, you know, Hey, I didn't hate one. Well, I, I didn't like toy story four, but we'll get to that. I didn't hate toy story four, but toy story three really did put a cap. It's not that I have an issue with another film being made. Movies with numbers are going to be made for the rest of our lives. That's how this works. However, I do think that, you know, like when you do a perfect full circle there, like Toy Story 3 did or like Scream 5 did. I like that those are my two examples. Um, like that, I just think that then you're, you're going outside the circle. You're doing something a little extra. It bums me out. See, I feel like the ending of Scream 5 was intentional that way in that it could have been the final one mm-hmm. or it could have led to the new series with the new mm-hmm. kids. And I think that's what they you know, they wanted to see how it did, and obviously it did really well. Here's the TikTok sound. Don't forget to set your alarm. I'm coming back to theaters March 31st. <laughs> did you hear it? Yes, this terrifies me. <laughs> oh my god! I w- <laughs> Is it the official account? Yeah, it's so funny how they're doing it. Like, oh my god, that's actually pretty good. But that, like, I use TikTok. I, I use TikTok when I'm in bed and stuff, and I'm like, that's gonna scare the crap out of me. <laughs> International Women's Day. He oh, said no. something like, "No, no, no, like, no, no, Happy International Women's Day to my favorite ladies, or something like that. <laughs> that, I mean, <laughs> that could awesome. go. <laughs> um, next story is that um, I. I I very much apologize. I was trying to look for a pronunciation of this name, but Amy Wang or Amy Wong, I believe oh, yes. it's Amy Wang, is set to write Crazy Rich Asians too. So there's finally a writer attached to that four years after the first one. Uh, and people are excited for it. I'm very, I'm very happy this is happening, but it's it's sort of nuts that this movie wasn't like like kind of on the way to being made immediately after yeah, I'm surprised uh, crazy rich Asians Cause that thing blew up like crazy. It was spectacular. Um, I guess there were some like development hell issues. I don't think it was like, you know, just kind of being lazy. I think it was, there were some problems with, uh, well, with creative differences, which is weird. It's a book like, <laughs> like adapt. The they book. had issues. They had issues with the writers too and compensation. And there's something mm-hmm. like with the original writers, I kind of skimmed over that. So I think that that kind of set it in that direction, but it's hard to make movies. God, <laughs> <laughs> apparently not screams like, yeah, we're ready. Let's go. Um, after all the Disney crap that is still going on, by the way, um, and the comment section on uh, TikTok is very friendly to the whole issue with me. Uh, Lightyear, Pixar's upcoming Lightyear movie this summer, has restored a same-sex kiss. I am oh. hopeful that yeah, this is be background actually, characters. Like, 
I don't think it's going to be background, though. I mean, if they're making it a big deal like this. They made and, the other ones big deals. <laughs> well, but this is Pixar, number one. Okay, um, that's true. Number two, as I said that, I'm like, are they making it a big deal? Or is this just scoop that Deadline and the Hollywood Reporter had and they're making it a big deal? Um, so oh, no, no, the company's making it a big deal without a doubt. They, this is a this is a PR guy going to Deadline, like without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but Pixar's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> like Disney, hey, we want you to really put this back in, and we're gonna make a big deal about it. And Pixar's like, fuck off. <laughs> oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, because they are they, all of the all of the articles did say they're putting it back in. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. I, oh boy. It, uh, you told me originally you were skeptical about this, and I'm with yeah. you there. I'm, I'm hopeful that this is a, a good yeah. Thing. Like, it might be cool. I mean, th- then you then you find like then this makes news, and then this like like people get upset about the Buzz Lightyear movie, and uh, that's yeah. that's where I get start to get mad. It's like I don't want that either, but uh, I don't know. Well, just give them Fast and Furious Ten like they're getting with Danielle Melchior. Mel, I always pronounce this name weirdly. I think it's Melchior Melkor. Uh, but she played Ratcatcher 2 in Suicide Squad, and she has joined Fast and Furious 10. Cool. I mean, this is these are movies where in the last one, uh, Helen Mirren was in two minutes of it. <laughs> where, where, where Vin Diesel gets into a car, and she's like, hit the e-brake, darling. <laughs> Just goes, so oh, my God. So, so sure, just do whatever you want. I still have not seen these movies i i don't know what to do anymore i really don't i i i honest to god just grade them like their movies the last one i gave a c because I, I won't lie there there is some stuff on there that does work yeah. like and i don't like to be i do not like when people are like well you just got to embrace the stupidity it's like i don't like that but i kind of did it on these <laughs> so so i think i'm just a giant hypocrite <laughs> I like embracing the stupidity of films. <laughs> I don't like to do that. I do, I'm not a fan of doing that, but apparently now I'm starting to do it. But, you know, only for some movies, not for Deep Water. Only for some movies. Um, let's jump into our rants and raves real quick. Uh, yes. And I, I figure we can tackle these, and I'm making Hayden do his on whenever we meet again because it's yes. the Channing Tatum renaissance, and I'm very excited about that. Um, That's a anyway, great one, by the way. It's a really good one. Here, so here's mine. This is a little bit of a rant, and we tipped it off earlier when we were discussing Halo, and Hayden mentioned this. There's this battle going on with projects that are inspired by IP and then replications of projects uh, or IP. So, for instance, Uncharted is a perfect example where they were like, oh, well, the character isn't the right, like the right age, and you know the story went a little different, and that's not how he really is and whatever. Halo is getting a lot of shit right now. Um, and this is without getting into any like story or whatever, but the the storyline of the games is not followed. So if you're looking for like Halo One, the video game, to be replicated in nine episodes on Paramount Plus, you're not getting that. It's a different story, um, kind of like a prequel type thing, and it it is a uh, it's very. It, it, I don't even want to say it's an interpretation because it's not. Like it's the things people want to see are there. Um, and like as someone that has played the games, if you asked me like what the storyline was or, you know, like what I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, I, I don't remember this is, but I think that's really cool. And I think, you know, this goes back to conversations I have with my dad and I'm going to break, this is going to go a really weird direction, but one of my favorite shows is Smallville. Okay. Smallville was an interpretation of the story of Clark Kent's high school years in Smallville. 
it took a lot of weird turns in season three. There's an issue with vampires at a sorority house. Like things got weird. Okay. Things got really weird, but that's okay. My dad's response all the time when I would like bring up an episode or something, it would be like, well, that's not the story of Superman. That's not what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Like this is a different medium. It's a different story they're telling, but the same core values and like keystrokes are there. And I think that's what we need to start allowing to happen a little bit more in order to not get boxed into the same old stories that we've heard time and time again. And I think Halo is an example of one that's that's doing that. It's figuring out what works because as we've seen time and time again, video game translations or video game adaptations don't always jump from the the game to the screen uh, easily or well. Uh, so, you know, if you need to tweak things here or there, I think that's good as long as there's still that core, you know, value or core heart of the IP, which I believe this has, which I even believe Uncharted had. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it was a lot of fun. And I think they did a good job with that. So it's, it's frustrating to hear that battle back and forth and people just being hypercritical. Like if I see for, for, in, for instance, if it's, if they ever do a live action into the spider verse, which they're not going to do, mm. but if they did like a live action into the spider verse and they just adapted what happened in the, in the animated film and did a live action, it's I impossible. don't want that. Yeah. I don't want a lot impossible. of CGI. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a lot of CGI and stuff, but I also don't want that. I've seen that movie, right? Yeah. Give me something different. Uh, and I think that's what we're getting here. So it gets frustrating, but I'm on board. If you if you adapt a book uh, into a movie and you mm-hmm. adapt it exactly like the movie, which actually is done a lot, the mm-hmm. movie sucks. Mm-hmm. The movie sucks a lot. Like you have to take stuff out. Now, this is like, you know, I'm thinking about like stuff like, you know, like uh, coveted books like Harry Potter and stuff where, yeah, a lot of the stuff is similar, but they'll take out scenes. They'll put in other scenes. They'll put like different scenes together. And like the one thing I can think of, by the way, is um, it, it was when I, I never read the books, by the way, so I don't know this officially. But it's when it, the, in the seventh one, when uh, Voldemort and Harry are kind of like apparating together and they're sort of like fighting around together. Oh, they did that just battle. for the movie. Yeah, exactly. And so there's things like that where, like, that's an amazing moment in a movie. And, like, a director knows that and a screenwriter knows that because books are different than movies. So you have to adapt them. Now, that is what I'm I'm talking about books here. Video games, I mean, holy crap. If you are playing a video game that is just like a movie, you get Doom. You literally get Doom where they're going on every hotel floor and they're just shooting monsters and then it <laughs> then it ends. I don't know, like that was the like that's the roughest adaptation where it's just like, oh yeah, let's just pretty much do the same thing. You can't do that. So, you know, yeah, like adapting anything, you're like into anything, you're you're gonna change stuff. You need to change stuff, otherwise there's no point. Just watch the same one. It's funny that you bring up Harry Potter. So number one, there was a lot of subplots that were removed from those movies exactly. um, that were in the books. Like there's one whole, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget what the, the name of it is, but it's, so they had to do like their regular, like their, their tests. Like I think they were called the newts. Um, they had to do their tests that were like the SATs essentially, or like their advanced tests. <laughs> um, so that's a whole subplot. There's also another one where um, uh, uh, I almost said Ginny. Uh, Hermione is like advocating for the rights of the house elves that work for the uh, the school. <laughs> like it's I forget what that whole storyline is called, but it's, like essentially she wanted to unionize, um, uh, which is kind of funny coming from J.K. Rowling. But um, <laughs> the 
Uh, so yeah, it's, it's funny with that. But the other reason it's really funny you brought that up is because back to TikTok, there's a TikTok where this guy's joking around about how when you listen to the audiobook of Goblet of Fire, Dumbledore's like, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet the of Fire? Goblet. And in the, in the movie, he's like, <laughs> Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> it's the ultimate, you don't even have to look at the audiobook. It's there, there, it says, like, this is the ultimate meme where it says like, you know, um, on the book, it's like, <laughs> Um, Dumbledore says calmly, Harry, did you put your name in the <laughs> Just shows the clip. Good adaptation for the movie. But it worked. I mean, but it wouldn't, you know what's funny? It wouldn't have worked with Richard Harris as Dumbledore. Well, because he would have died while doing it. <laughs> the energy he would have exerted. But like, I adore it, it Richard Harris, just, but that guy couldn't have made it to seven. <laughs> it was a very different Dumbledore. Um, he was an amazing right. one for that, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, go for it. I know I know where you're going with this. Oh, this is rough, this man. Way. This was a bad one when I heard this. Um, and like I, I need to do more research on like how this could have happened because I'm trying to figure out how this could have happened. I'm trying like I couldn't get like any of the articles there. So if you know more about how this happened, let me know. But Rachel Ziegler right now is not invited to the Oscars. She is the lead of one of the best pictures, um, West Side Story. She's Maria. Um, if you're the lead of one of the movies that is nominated for Best Picture, you're going to the Oscars. If you're the lead of a movie that isn't nominated for Best Picture, you're still going to the Oscars. Like, there, there is a lot of people, a lot of people that go to the Oscars. And there's also a lot less because of the eight categories. But in this <laughs> situation, for Rachel Ziegler, in a in a nominated film for best actor to be like there now i'm trying to so this is where i try to figure out whose fault is this and this is where i tried to go to figure out whose fault is it the oscars i'd love to blame them i'd love to blame the academy and i think that might be where to go or is this the fault of disney i'd love to blame them i'd love to blame them so i'm i see you uh nodding your head because it, it seems like this is disney's gigantic monumental stupid error and this makes me think wait if she wasn't there, is Ansel not invited? Is Mike Faust not invited? Is like, where does this actually end? Where does it begin? And if Ansel is going to the damn Oscars and Ziegler is not okay, good. Okay, so no, help so me out here, Joe. Help me here's out. Here's my thought process. So, first of all, the studios are the ones that hand out the tickets essentially. Like, good, the good. studios get the number of tickets and blah, blah, blah from there. So, the uh, the fingers being pointed at Disney. The way that I'm thinking about this and trying to make sense of it with some sort of logic, and I'm not saying I support this logic, uh, but I do wonder bringing up Ansel if it's a thing where like they don't even, they don't they just don't want to get into the back and forth of like do we invite him do we not so they just didn't invite the leads of the film or like I don't know where it ends but yeah. that's the only thing I can think of because it is really odd uh, I don't know. Especially like when you're ninety nine point five percent confirmed to have one of the stars of the film winning one of the major acting awards, how would you not have the team there? I don't get it. 
I'm, I, I think it's one of those things where, hey, you know what? You had an extra year to try to film around Ansel. You bite that bullet and you deal with Ansel being there. Like, you know, you, you, you could have tried to get that dude out of there. Maybe you couldn't have or something. But guess what? If you're cool with releasing a movie with Ansel in it, have him go to the Oscars so Ziegler can go as well. Because, um, like, what, what is it going to be? Oh, let's think about this. Let's think about this. Do we get the Oscar moment? And maybe the Oscar stepped in on this one. But, uh, you know, Ariana DeBose, obviously, you know, invited and stuff. Um, you know when she's getting up there to win. Um, spoiler for whenever we do the uh, Oscar podcast. Um, whenever she's getting up to win, like, there's going to be this long, piercing shot of Rita Moreno. Um, and, uh, like, you know, just like, cause that's the other person that has done this role and it's going to be a beautiful Oscar moment. Now, was she invited on her own with the Oscars at this point? Was she invited by the Disney studio because she's a part of, uh, you know, that, uh, that movie? I, you know, oh man, it just really bums me out that there's a lot of young actors and this is what we need is these young actors to be there and everything like that. No, we're going to get a bunch of old fogies in there and it's yeah. just going to be, I, I can't stand this. I really can't stand that this happened. And you know, it, it they already, well, I'm, I'm, I'm shit on the Oscars again. The, the Oscars already have bad PR, but like you said, and I like that. They, I like that we got to the bottom of that with our investigative journalism, that it was the studios that do this, but still, I mean, the bad press of the Disney has, like, they, they don't know how to do anything right. Um, nobody does. Everyone sucks. I'm done. <laughs> I know the deadline, when I read the article uh, yesterday, they had reached out to um, the Oscars for further confirmation or further uh, statements. And I'm trying <laughs> say it. <laughs> Sorry. Speaking of Disney, Disney postpones management retreat as CEO Bob Chapek continues to account for companies don't say gay bill response. <laughs> oh my God. You know what? I, I get that. It's just like, I don't want to go on anything. <laughs> oh man. I don't want to do oh, anything man. right now. <laughs> well, hopefully, Rachel Zegler gets invited there. Um, or ends up i'm sure that someone's going to take her as a plus one or something now I, at I, least something in that situation like you know this went public and i think you know this is this is an agent and a pr move to be like okay let's get her there like let's figure out what to do to get her there i'm certain someone's going to take her there yeah think about too like if west side story was to win best picture <laughs> i it's a long shot i think but like <laughs> hello <laughs> The uh, cast goes up there now, and she wouldn't go up there. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, all right. So we are going to wrap up for the week. Let's talk about new releases that are coming out. We have The Lost City hitting theaters, which I was so excited for. Oh, I my God. Wait. I can't believe this is actually as good as it's going to be, apparently. like People are raving just, about it. It's just actually nuts. And I think it's the, the reason people are raving about it is because like I don't think it's like the greatest, like the greatest American comedy of our generation. But it's just a good, solid comedy. And I think yeah. people love that that's occurring. But like, it's just like apparently oh, okay. their chemistry is fantastic. And oh, I, I don't know if you've seen any of the interviews with Sandra Bullock and Daniel Radcliffe, like doing the uh, circuit together. They are hilarious. <laughs> like, it is you would never have expected it, but that comes out. Infinite Storm hits theaters. Mothering Sunday hits theaters. Everything Everywhere All at Once hits theaters. Uh, that's the new A twenty four movie. Uh, that's um, with Michelle Yeoh, correct? Yes, it is. Oh, uh, and then Halo hits Paramount Plus on Thursday. Uh, so interesting week we got here. Uh, of course, the following week is Morbius, so clear your calendars. Um, 
announcements uh we will be rescheduling the oscar portion of this pod for later this week we'll let you all know on social media when we'll be doing that we'll be uh conversing with hayden of the dive in movie podcast or movie cast i almost called it the the divine um which that was that's kind of a smart play on words dive in divine the divine movie cast divine um, and we'll figure that all out. But between now and then, maybe you should get your Oscar picks in. In the Oscar pool, you can find the link in the guy at the movie's bio uh, or in the uh, the uh, notes to this episode. <laughs> we once again want to apologize for all of the technical difficulties tonight. Uh, and this may be a little bit of a choppy episode. Um, as you know, if you're listening to me right now. Um, but we will uh, you know, be back later this week with uh, some clarity with the Oscars. Sean? It's been fun. Have a good one, Joe. You know what, Sean? I will. Thank you. Thanks. As always, thanks for listening. You can follow both Joe and Sean on Instagram at Guy at the Movies and Math Teacher Movies. New episodes of the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean are available every Wednesday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be on the lookout for special spoiler pods where we dive deep into the latest film releases. If you like what you hear, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. See you next time.